PulpMX Network Production. This is the Rocky Mountain ATV MC Kiefer Tested Podcast. The podcast you come to for the straight insight on all things moto-centric. Hard parts, bikes, gear, suspension, motor mods, and more. It's Kiefer Tested. Here he is, Chris Kiefer. Howdy, boys and girls. Welcome in. This is Chris Kiefer, and this is the Rocky Mountain ATVMC.com Kiefer Tested Podcast. Presented by FXR Racing and Race Tech. How are you guys doing out there? Hopefully well, treating each other kindly. And uh, we took a week off, but now we're back with the show before I go to Loretta Lynn. So this is pre-recorded right before we head to the ranch in Tennessee. Uh, we had a chance to ride the 2023 Honda CRF 450R a couple weeks ago, but we are under embargo until August 1, hence the reason why now we are August 1, and this podcast is out. You can also go to racerxonline.com. There is a complete breakdown video of the machine uh, with a couple extra opinions in there, not just mine. But I wanted to kick this podcast off and let you know that RockyMountainATVMC.com is the trusted online source for parts, accessories, gear for dirt bikes, side-by-sides, ATVs, and street bikes. Low prices, unparalleled customer service, and free three-day shipping. That's right, free. Three-day shipping over 75 bucks. It's easy to see why you guys should be going to KieferInkTesting.com right now. Click in that RMATVMC banner, and that kicks you back over there, and you just continue to do your shopping, and that gives us a slice of what you guys are purchasing. So thank you very much. Seriously, it really does help us out on the back end on that. So if you guys are shopping over at Rocky Mountain, just please click on my website first and on that banner, and that helps us out a lot and lets them know that you like this damn show. And I'll, I'll keep doing this damn show if we uh, keep doing that damn banner. So let's keep that up. So thank you very much. And, of course, FXRRacing.com. FXR is going to debut some 2023 gear at the ranch here next week. So stay tuned to their website for that. But if you want a discount on some of that stuff, you can uh, simply put in KKMX35. That's KK, Chris Kiefer, Motocross, MX35, all caps, and that'll get you 35% off. And if you're a lady, you shred, and you love to ride, I have a special discount code for you. Just hit me up, Chris, at KieferInkTesting.com, and I'll get you that lady code. I can't give it out over this show because you savages that are males with the penis take over that code, and it's not cool. These are for the ladies. They get an extra little bit off, and uh, you guys just can't handle it. So they're going to email me. I'll give them that code. That's the lady code only. So uh, hit me up, and uh, we'll happy to do that for you. And last but not least, Racetech, Racetech.com. You want to get your suspension running smoothly, plusher, have some more holdup. Um, the guys over there have the gold valve system, and they do a great job. They just did a Honda project for us. Actually just got done doing another uh, Suzuki, that's right, Suzuki project for us. So you can check that out here soon. And uh, visit them over at Racetech.com, sales at Racetech.com. Use the word Kiefer, and that'll save you some money if you guys are buying some parts or if you guys want some services as well as engine services. That's right, Andrew over there does that as well. And they also have vintage bikes. You guys are down with the vintage scene? I don't even know what classifies as a vintage bike now. I wonder if a 1980 is a vintage bike. As I get older, I'm starting to wonder, where's the cutoff for the name Vintage? 
because when I was younger, it was 1960s Bull Tacos or some shit. So who knows what it is now? But if you have a vintage bike, Racetech.com, they have uh, services for you over there as well. And thank you to all of our 2022 sponsors that help us out within these commercials that are in this podcast. And you can support those people, and that helps us out as well. And as always, you guys know I'm very transparent. My door is open for you guys, and that door is my email, chris at kieferinktesting.com. If you want to bitch at me, praise me, ask me questions about suspension, after dark questions, uh, health insurance. I mean, I get all kinds of stuff sent to my emails. Most of them, 96, I'm going to go down to 96 now. It was 98. 96% of those I try to get back to. I really take pride in uh, customer service because that is a rare freaking thing nowadays. And trust me, I deal that I deal with some of that with FedEx. It's a nightmare getting some of my packages sent to my house. And uh, you pay a pretty penny to get those things there on time, and they're never on time. So uh, over here, I understand the motorcycle media outlet is tough to get a hold of, to ask questions. All you see is what you see on uh, YouTube or on our websites. But I'm a living, breathing actual human that loves to ride and i'm happy to help you guys out so again 2023 honda crf 450r there are some changes um the bike does react differently on the track so for those of you guys that are hitting me up wondering about it pre-august 1st i'm sorry i can't talk about it these embargoes are strict if i tell one guy in an email that guy tells so-and-so so-and-so and so-and-so and then that might get back to the manufacturer and then i'm in trouble so i try to keep it fair for everybody so if you hit me up pre-embargo time i simply can't help you but now that we're on august 1st if you guys got questions about it i'm happy to answer them if you don't get them here within this podcast or if you see me on the track you can talk to me about that as well but there are some differences within this new ish chassis because there is some changes to it and for me it does help it on lean angle edge of tire i'll get this question out of the way right now at the top of the show because uh this is the question I get asked a lot. Chris, I have a 2019 Honda, or Chris, I have a 2020 Honda 450. Uh, should I go buy a 23? Is it that much better? Look, it, it's not a day and night difference. It still feels like a Honda. It still vibrates somewhat, although a little bit less. In 2023, I still get some vibration. I'm very sensitive to vibration. Some of you guys aren't. But as far as the Japanese four-stroke world goes, the Honda does vibrate the most. I would say a little less than a KTM Husqvarna. Uh, it does vibrate a little bit less than a 19 or 20 frame. It does have more compliancy on the edge of the tire. Is it as comfortable straight line stability as a Yamaha or Kawasaki? No. But it is a better Honda. If you're a Honda guy and you're going that direction, 23 is a lot better. I've had, well, if you go to Racer X, you can watch some of these interviews that I did with the guy, the test riders that I I. I do this test with, they even say, look, I'm not a Honda guy, but this bike, I can actually see myself racing and riding. And most of that, again, apologies, we are on the West Coast, so I'm judging this based off of Glen Helen, Paris, Paula, things like that. But this is where this bike is m at the most of its nightmare. Like if you're deep into a dream and you're like, oh my God, this is the scariest part of the dream, that portion of the track, the edge of tire, is the scariest on the Honda. This has improved, and Honda's been working towards that. Now, 
contradicting what I tell you guys on this show or via YouTube or on the Racer X videos that I do, the bike feels stiff. And I could swear to you guys right here that it needs a softer feel. If you go back a few shows ago, we talk about the 2023 changes, which causes a shitstorm within the media. I don't know why everybody gets upset. I'm going to tell you guys that story here, too, because you know how we do that on the podcast. We go off on tangents at times. But uh, listen to the changes, and I can tell you that these changes are are better, but the bike itself, the frame, is more rigid in areas. So how does that make sense? It really doesn't. I can't really tell you that. There's an old saying, and we have this battle with engineers all the time. You know, Take, for example, this Luxon guy. He makes triple clamps, and he's writing stuff about me saying that I don't know what I'm talking about. You know, the torque specs don't make a difference and all this other shit. Well, it does make a difference for feel on the track. So my feel of this bike is a rigid, harsh feel. But on paper, again, a.k.a. engineering, it's one of the softest frames there is out on the market right now. Riddle me that. I have no idea, but I'm telling you what I feel, and most of the people feel when they ride a Honda, it just feels harsh, rigid. But there's two sides to every story, and this is what I'm trying to tell you guys. There is the factual side on the engineering side, on engineering side of what they see via um, dyno tests or results from their, their paperwork on the computer or whatever it is that those guys do to build the part, to build the frame, and then there's the feel part of it, which is my job. I'm telling you what I feel. That's all I can relay to you guys. I am not an engineer. I am simply a test dummy that tells you, hey, man, this is what it feels like. Here's what to expect if you get this bike or part. So there is a little bit of a disconnect at times, not all the time, but at times between the engineering side and the feel side, a.k.a. the riding side of it, doesn't always match up or mesh up. So the Honda Japanese engineers uh, made the frame a little bit stiffer in certain areas. There's a little increased frame rigidity on the down tube and underneath near the shock tower. Now, if you go back and listen to some of my Honda podcasts, I talk about uh, filing or shaving down the shock tower on older Honda models, which Honda does not recommend. Again, I'll preface that. Honda doesn't like it when I talk about that. But I have given out a few photos to other riders that have tried it, and they really like it because it helps compliancy in the rear. So Honda went a little bit stiffer in that area. So the down tube is increased rigidity, and across the shock tower area is increased as well. Now, it does matter, obviously, the rigidity built into this frame, but also suspension settings and uh, the top engine mounts. All of that has changed as well. And a huge part of it, if you guys listen to my XPR podcast with the Honda CRF450R, the engine delivery helps what we feel on the track as well. So if you have a a frame that feels like a Honda and it has a violent hit, the frame itself is only going to feel more rigid on the track, no matter what the engineers do or say to us. That's how I felt. I've built a Honda engine that was faster and more uh, a little bit beefier on the front side, more torque, and it exacerbated 
that rigid feeling on the track. Honda went to work went to a smaller throttle body from a 46 to a 44 millimeters. It revised its mapping. It's smoother. It's longer. It's easier to manage. And for me, it's really connected at the rear wheel in 2023. So there is an intake um, an intake change as well. It's a narrower um, intake. A little sh- so it does increase torque power, but it makes that long. So all of these things, frame rigidity, a smaller throttle body, uh, the top mounts are steel mounts, so they're a little bit different. The engine mounts, they went to a, a heavier rear spring to a 4.6 rear spring. Suspension has been revised. Mapping has been revised. And then they have that narrower intake um, towards to kind of draw that air to close it off a little bit to broaden that power up. This is what Honda engineers did for 2023. As well as have different models. You have the standard R model. You have the 50th anniversary model. You have the Works Edition model, and also don't forget they have the RS. So that RS model is essentially a 22-year model um, marketed as a 2023, yet for $1,000 cheaper. So that is kind of different than any other manufacturer. Uh, They're trying to put out newer motorcycles or one-year-old motorcycles for a cheaper cost to us, the consumer. So if you're looking for an older Honda, a 2022 model, even though it'll be branded as a 23, the RS model is one-year um, old technology on the Honda side. So Honda does offer a lot of uh, different ways to get their product and to get that product to you in an enjoyable fashion. Uh, so now that you know the differences and the changes, uh, I will talk about the shitstorm a little bit. So I put out this 2023 uh, podcast, I don't know, a few weeks ago, whenever this bike was announced. And of course, you guys know I'm very transparent and you guys know that I test for Honda. So some of you that may not be aware of my show or they see, oh, Kiefer tests for Honda on the production side at times, he must just totally blow Honda and say Honda's the best. Well, you guys know me and you guys listen to the show. It's quite the opposite. I am actually the hardest on Honda because I know what they're capable of and I know what the bike feels like. There's nothing in it for me to lie to you guys about this Honda, knowing what I know, right? And selling this Honda to you and embellishing embellishing uh, my opinion. Uh, so it kind of started a little controversy within our media world. It's like, oh, Kiefer got some information out before we did. Well, you know what, man? We all try to do something different, and this is my how I built my company. Uh, I built my company a little bit different. When I left Dirt Rider, I have two separate entities within Kiefer Inc. I have the media side, then I have the confidential testing side of things. So there's two separate sides to me, and I guess the media, some of this other media, just has a hissy fit about it and can't believe that I do stuff early. And I'm getting the information out. Well, we didn't talk about the motorcycle and how much it worked. We just talked about the changes and what that brings to the table. So here is what exactly the bike is like to ride. Um, for me, it is a better Honda. I would rather prefer to ride this Honda on the West Coast than I would the 22 model. Again, edge of tire feel is more compliant. I don't get as much deflection within the chassis as I did from last year. But yes... It is still a Honda. Yes, it still has that stiffer-natured feel compared to a Kawasaki or a Yamaha. Um, it does turn excellent and still is a very friendly turning machine. 
I've recommended, um, if you guys know David Martinez, my buddy, he's been in some of my videos and on this show, I recommended the Honda to him because his cornering technique is not the best. He has troubles in corners. The Honda helps that. The Honda's like, hey, man, you have trouble with corners? Hey, I can help. He's like a little assistant. Hey, you need, cor- you need cornering help? All right. Here, buy me. Buy a Honda. It helps you lay into the corner. Nothing has changed there in 2023. In fact, having this chassis change has helped it lay into the corner a little bit better because it's not so twitchy coming into the corner. Yes, it still is a Honda. <laughs> yes, it still is a little bit twitchy on high-speed tracks, hard-packed tracks, square-edge tracks. But if you're on the East Coast side of things, you're on, or I shouldn't say East Coast. People always get pissed off at me in California. There's other soft tracks besides uh, Southern California, Kiefer. Apologies again. Northern California, if you guys got soft dirt, apologies again. Anywhere that there is soft dirt, this Honda chassis is better in 23. And also, in just in general, works really well. If you have bumps that are soft and tall, and you have a lot of sand, loam, deep dirt, the Honda chassis is amazing because it can get through that stuff really easy and help you carve a line. It helps you cut underneath blown-out berms or ruts, and you just don't feel as much rigidity within this Honda in soft conditions. So East Coast guys love this machine. I've ridden this on the East Coast in Alabama, and I loved it, and I didn't feel near as much of what I talk about here on the West Coast as I did back East. I've ridden Monster Mountain. I have ridden some Florida tracks um, on a Honda, and it is way better back East than it is here on the West Coast. So for you guys that love a Honda, that want a little bit better, more control, and you live on the East Coast, you're really going to love this bike. Let's just break the engine down real quick. So again, internally, not a lot of changes. All of this uh, change that I'm about to talk about is via mapping. The mapping has changed and allowed more rear wheel connection. You can come out of a corner harder. Um, you can actually just go from about 10% throttle to 80% in a hurry, and you don't get as much wheel spin. It's longer and linear. Some of you guys on the East Coast are soft dirt conditions. Maybe like, Kiefer, I need more excitement. Well, there's map three. Map three helps that. Map one is where I'm at most of the time back at home. Map two, if you guys are scared of a 450 power, which I don't think you will be with this bike, map one should be plenty linear enough for you. If you're going a 450 route anyway, you're going to expect to have some power. I don't think map two is going to really sway you, be like, oh, it's way better, way easier to ride. Map one is plenty smooth enough. Doesn't give you those herky-jerkies or that on-off feel through corners. Honda's been working that since 2017. 2017 had a lot of low-end excitement, a lot of front side, and the RPM response on the low-end was awful touchy. Um, I came into testing with Honda early 2017, so I had some some notion of that. But again, as I get, I grow with the company and the production side, things also get better. I grow as a test rider and kind of feel like what this bike needs. I know the bike more, so... As I grew with the brand a little bit, I noticed that, hey, this chassis doesn't like a lot of front side. It kind of upsets the chassis when you're rolling your corners. It upsets it and from um, on-off throttle. And as I grew with this bike, I noticed that I needed a linear, longer pull, and the chassis actually accepted it and liked it. 
So even in the conditions that we've tested this bike in, the longer linear power is better even in softer conditions. If you guys are complaining about it doesn't have enough bottom end, then go faster. If it doesn't have enough, then just tape that throttle on more, man. And for me, that gives you a better lap time. You have more control, and you feel like, hey, it's not enough power, then tape that throttle to 100, dude. And then your lap times will drop. There's plenty of power there. I don't care if you're 170 pounds like me or if you're 240. There is enough front side power for you there. Don't freak out if you don't have all this low-end excitement. If you want more low-end excitement, dump some race fuel in there, some T4, or some Pro 6, expensive, yes, but it does help bottom-end response. And no, you do not need to remap. Neither of those fuels you will need to remap with this model. So instead of saying, I need to go spend $1,100 on a Vortex for this bike, which does help, I will endorse that, <laughs> but race gas will get you some more snap if you need it, or... How about just taping that throttle on a little bit more and then learning to ride better or helping your technique out? So overall, the 23 engine is more manageable, longer, and linear, and you get more rear-wheel connection. That is basically sums up the engine. Is it as responsive as a Yamaha? No. It's actually smoother than a Yamaha. But, man, once you get out of the corner and you shift into third, hang on because it's getting from point A to point B in a mighty hurry. So there's a section at Glen Helen, because this is just the recent uh, track that I rode this bike in. You come over the over-underpass and onto the front straight, starting straightaway and up to Talladega. As you get off of that bridge, it's pretty far up there to Talladega. And, man, when I ride my Yamaha versus this Honda, from that bridge to Talladega, the Honda gets there quickest uh, versus any other bike that I've ridden besides a modified KTM. So... Mid-range to top end, it has plenty there. It just is more manageable on that front side. What I would like from the Honda is maybe a little bit more over-rev and top end, just a little bit more. So if I wanted to pull second gear a little bit longer, the 23 would allow that. But it's not bad the way it is. And I also would like to have a little bit more luggable. And what I mean by that is I would like to have more third-gear pulling power if I wanted to be lazy in corners. It just still doesn't it's a it's a little bit better, but it's not to the capable fact of like what I have in the Yamaha. The YZ450, I can run third gear, it's torquey, I can manage it. Um, the Honda is similar to the KTM where it likes to be downshifted in the second. Even when I change the gearing on the Honda, sure, we can go up two teeth and let's run third gear, but then you guys really got to pay attention and run third gear in corners, but then it just shortens up second gear so much, it might hurt your starts. You're going to have to shift mighty early off of the gate. Could screw all that up. So I am still on stock gearing. I still downshift to second. I just want a little bit more over rev and pull so I can kind of get out of the corner and not have to shift to third so quickly. But I can't shift, I can't run the corner in third gear because it doesn't have enough pickup uh, or recovery to be luggable, if that makes sense to you guys. As far as the suspension side of things, Shoah has done a great job, and you guys know I love some KYB stuff. I love KYB suspension, and in some facts, I have tried and just slapped KYB suspension, or I should say that, 
slapped KYB forks from a Yamaha onto a Honda. And sure, it does help comfort a little bit, but it doesn't take away the things that I bitch about about the bike. So it's not Showa stuff. Or people say, I want to put KYB on my, my Honda. Look, it's not going to get rid of some of the flaws that the Honda has. The Showa stuff is really good. It has a little bit better holdup this year. It has more comfort in the mid-stroke. And to me, adding that 4.6 rear spring has balanced the bike out. There was an empty feeling in the shock from the 22 on high-speed dampening. And for me, I, uh, I, simply, I, I simply just needed more meat or just more dampening feel when I load that rear end in a G out or up jump faces. It just felt like it was hollow and empty. So going to that 4.6 spring helped my 170-pound ass. I feel like it will help the bigger guys as well. And there's less squat out of corners with that rear spring. So the bike overall is better balanced. And you guys might be saying, oh, Kiefer, the, the bike feels stiffer in nature or more rigid. You're adding a heavier spring to the rear. Does that hurt this bike? No. And in fact, it actually helped it because it raised it up and it got it out of that harsh part of the travel like the 22, I was a little bit low at times, and I felt harsh, and it felt stiff because I was riding low. I would try to go to 102-millimeter sag on the 22, and it just never felt right. 102-millimeters uh, of sag always felt harsh. I got try to raise it up, right? I went to 100. That was worse. Went back down to 105. It was better, but still, then my ass in is too low. So I needed a heavier spring, and that helps that valving give you some more comfort on the track. Not a lot of pitching on-off throttle. So, again, rolling the corners out of the corner. The squat, it doesn't squat on the rear as much, so I have a little bit more of holdup. So it does get through square edge better. I do like that. As far as cornering, again, this thing loves to corner. It loves to be laid in the corner really nice. Cornering stability could be a little bit better. If you guys want to know what that is, that is once you're inside of the rut and you have some imperfections, you know, let's say some rocks or some square edge, or you have that chatter because you may be racing uh, a series that includes 80s and 60s and 125s and other smaller bikes that create smaller chatter bumps within these ruts. Um, sometimes that Honda wouldn't pick up those very well once you're in the corner. The 23 is a little bit better, but still isn't the best in class. Um, that would probably go to the Yamaha where it just really balanced inside that rut, but it is better. Faster tracks, I would still run my fork height down to two millimeter. If it's super sandy, run that fork height flush. The flush part is the gold two part, not the cap. So if you're going to email me and say, flush, is it the cap? Nope, it's just the gold part. Flush is so you cannot see the gold part of the fork, and you're still showing the cap. That is flush. So flush to two millimeter millimeters is the cat's ass here. And then run this sag at 105. It does like that sag with this heavier spring, and that seems to be the best balance. Um, again, straight line stability, a little bit better within the chassis now that we update, updated a little bit. Edge of tire, also a little bit better, but it's still not going to feel as planted as a Kawasaki or a Yamaha. Uh, the overall Honda is a little bit lighter than the Yamaha. I think about the same as a Kawasaki. Uh, it has gained some LBs in the past, which doesn't hurt things. Honestly, sometimes when you gain weight, you can add straight line stability, and it helps. Case in point, the Yamaha, it's a heavier machine, but it's stable. 
and it corners decent. I think over the years when Honda added some weight, it helped cornering stability as well as straight line within this frame. Thanks for joining me again on this show. It's commercial time. Just kick back. Give it about five minutes. Listen to these things. Save yourself some money. We'll be right back with the show. Screenprintingdone.com. My dream is the world's most powerful t-shirt. Do you want to look good, but you ain't got the money? Trying to get some t-shirts made? Yeah, Go to screenprintingdone.com. This is a t-shirt. You can get anything you want on that t-shirt. I'm about to show you guys how y'all can look fly. Your business name. That's my business. Your kid's name. Oh, Billy. Your favorite phrase, like, let's go, buddy, or free jailbirds. I agree. Anything at all. Screenprintingdone.com. T-shirt printing business. Mention Kiefer on your next order and get 10 free T-shirts. That's what I'm talking about! Screenprintingdone.com. Hey, Kiefer, what oil should I run? What weight should I run? Lots of emails coming in about oil. You know what I choose? Bloodlubricants.com 1040 Pro Series Synthetic Oil. If you guys haven't run Blood Lubricants Synthetics, you should try it. Email Jeff over there at Blood Lubricants, info at bloodlubricants.com. Mention the code Kiefer, get 25% off a case of oil. I run the 1040 Pro Series in all of my test bikes here. It works great, keeps the engine cooler as well. Clutch life is enhanced and longer. I go through clutches on that Yamaha YZ450F every 10 hours. Now I can go 15 hours. So great oil. Email Jeff over there. Use the code. Save yourself some money. Email me, chris at keyforinktesting.com. If you have any questions about the oil, I'm happy to help. Ride-engineering.com. You guys want to get some clamps, some bar mounts, some chain blocks, uh, brake calipers. Adrian over there at Ride Engineering has a lot of quality parts. And if you use the code KT20, that'll save you 20% off what he offers over there. So that's ride-engineering.com. And he is not only the guy who tests the parts. I mean, I help him as well. But he also has an engineering degree. Holy crap. So go check him out, ride-engineering.com. Use the code KT20 to save some money. You guys out there tweaking on handlebars and grips? Trust me, I do it almost daily. If you're looking for a strong bar but yet has a lot of flex, look no further than the Pro Taper Evo bar. It is my favorite bar out there on the market right now. Why? They have great bends. The bar flexes. I don't get vibration from the bar. I'm getting older. I want some flex in my bar, but yet I want it to be strong. And Pro Taper has the strongest and the lightest bar out there. That actually flexes. So go check them out, protaper.com. I'm currently using uh, SX Race Bend on my Yamahas. There is a brand new bend that's just coming out right now. You guys should see that. It is called Race Team Bend, and that is what we use over on Aiden's KTM and my KTM here uh, in the shop. So protaper.com, they have race cut grips, they have sprockets, they have chains, all different kinds of things. Go check them out, protaper.com. Maybe you're at home or in the car and you listen to the Kiefer Tested Podcast. Maybe you already own a home. Maybe you're looking to purchase. You know what? Rates are down, so maybe you should try refinancing now. I know Heather and I just did. You can pull cash out, debt consolidation, or maybe you just need some credit score advice. Deal with a professional that has been in the business for 25 years, dude. And this guy rides. He's a good dude. Zach Morris. No, not saved by the bell, Zach Morris. 
He's licensed in California, Nevada, and Colorado. You can call or text Zach at Plum Creek Funding, 720-212-4685. you guys have any questions about Zach, hit me up, chris at keferinktesting.com, or just simply text him yourself, 720-212-4685. Plum Creek Funding, Zach Morris, hit him up. For motocross riders driven to dominate, the Yamaha YZ line of four-stroke bikes are built for victory. Visit Power Motorsports today to explore what's new and approved for 2022. The YZ450F and YZ250F bring the performance with power for four-stroke engines, reduced unsprung weight, and new suspension settings. For the look of a full factory ride, just like what you guys see on Saturday night, both the YZ450F and YZ250F come in exclusive Monster Energy Yamaha Racing Edition graphics packages. And you can take precision tunability to the next level with Yamaha's exclusive and industry's only free power tuner app. Visit Power Motorsports today, find your Yamaha YZ, and enter the victory zone. Get your new Yamaha at Power Motorsports in Sublimity, Oregon. Let them know you heard it on here. That's right, the Kiefer Tested Podcast. Get your best deal and best pricing wherever it is. Right here, North America. I don't care where you're at, Maine, California, Florida, Washington. Go visit them, powermotorsports.com. Dress properly for your ride with a helmet, eye protection, riding jacket, or long sleeve shirt, long pants, gloves, and boots. Do not drink and ride. It is illegal and dangerous. Yeah, you guys know that time punishes you if you're not on top of your game. Look, I'm a competitive guy at 45. My kid is 15, and he is right on me every time we go out to the track. But you know what? You know what takes the guesswork out of who's the king for the day, who gets to talk trash on the way home? That's right. You can measure your lap times. You can reach your full potential. And, of course, you'll never guess where you're gaining or losing time. Go to litprolive.com. You can email me, chris, at keferinktesting.com for a discount code on one of their GPS receivers. Getting started is super easy with LitPro. Pick a GPS receiver, download the app, and add a subscription, and then you're on your way to improve your lap times, get a better result as your, you know, than your buddy. That's right, because there's nothing better than bragging rights when you're on your way home. You throw your guy a text. Who got the best of you, baby? That's right, I did. And you want to know how to do it? Lip Pro. Aiden and I have been on this for about a year now. Super easy to use. Look, I am not a tech-savvy guy, and Lip Pro is super easy for me and Aiden to navigate. And uh, I think it would be a great benefit to you guys out there. So hit me up, chris at keferinktesting.com. Go to Lip Pro Live. You guys want to see anything related to how to keep time how to improve your lap times, what section you want to improve on, all those things and more over on LipProLive.com. Back with the show. Thanks for hanging tight. 2023 Honda CRF 450R. Here we go. There's not a lot of change. There is a little bit of change. It is a little bit better. Guys that come off of other brand motorcycles onto the Honda are actually pleasantly surprised because they've heard horror stories about how twitchy it is they're like, hey, man, it's not that bad. The riders that I had within this Racer X podcast or the Racer X uh, video that I did, they were like, wow, it's, it's better than what I remember or what I've heard. 
So they're pleasantly surprised. So this bike is built for a racer. It corners really well. It's a little hyperactive at times, not as much as it was in the past, but it just still doesn't feel dampened or calm on rough tracks, at least here on the West Coast, especially when we have to use the edges of our tires to set up our corners because we can move around here on our tracks on the West Coast because there's not a lot of ruts. When you go to softer, ruddy tracks, you're locked into a rut, and you follow that into the corner, through the corner, and out, and that rut might last a long time. This bike loves those conditions. It feels lighter in those conditions. It feels stable when the dirt is heavy. It's when you have to arc and come back and go across those bumps is where the Honda doesn't shine as much. This is why I was really surprised how well, obviously it's not a stock production Honda, but Chase Sexton's bike looked at Washougal. Or another example of how well the Hondas did at Mammoth Mountain Motocross with Trey, Chance, and Martinez, Cole Martinez. It was top three in the pro classes, and it was a Honda. And I thought, man, this bike would suffer a lot at a track like Mammoth because where it's hard-packed, fast, square-edgy, and you're, you're going outside to inside, inside to outside, the Honda doesn't like that. So those guys must got some good settings. We should talk to those guys and try to get some of that because um, the Honda needs some of that in our world out here on the West Coast. But the Honda is improved. It is a better machine. It is friendlier to ride. So for me, it is a small amount better. When we have this rating scale within our testing world, a three, the number three is a baseline setting. So if I'm comparing the 22 is a three, that's our baseline setting, and now I have this 23. The, the 23 is at least a 3.25, almost to a 3.5. 0.25 increments is what we score our production evaluation forms with. And 0.25 is, a is hey, you know, yeah, I feel a little bit of it. You know, I can do f- feel like it's a positive change, and but it's not great. A 0.5, jumping from a 3 to a 3.5 is like, wow, it's a pretty big change. I feel like a lot of people will notice it. So if you're a Honda owner, I say it's a 3.5. If you're non-Honda owner, it's a 3.25 because you may not be totally aware of what the character is from the 22 to the 23 Honda. That's how I look at it. Every year we can talk, sit here and talk on the show. Yeah, the new bike's a little bit better. It's a little bit better. It's a little bit better. Um, and they are a little bit better, most of them. Some of them do go backwards. Let's hope Yamaha doesn't F their bike up, a.k.a. Travis Preston. Let's hope he doesn't screw that up. Uh but Honda is aware of what the consumer is looking for, what the consumer wants out of a 450. They're not oblivious to fact. They've got very smart Japanese, Japanese engineers that pay attention to shootouts, that pay attention to what we talk about on this podcast, and they're always constantly trying to evolve their product. So that's all we can ask for as motocross enthusiasts. Is it better? And look, there isn't another team out there that has the prettiest, most efficient riders on the circuit than Honda. You got Jet Lawrence. You got Chase Sexton. You got Ken Roxton. You can even throw Hunter Lawrence in there because his technique and his style is sneaky good as well. But all of these guys ride these Hondas beautifully. Um, If you're looking to impress your... (laughs) yourself with technique and try to impress 
or get better at your cornering, the Honda does reward you with that. So the 23 Honda is better. I am not sold on the gold look, even though it takes me back to my childhood back in the day when I used to go with my dad in Honda Valley and watch David Bailey, Johnny Osho, and Ricky ride uh, these rough, shitty tracks out in the Dez because they had gold and blue and red bikes. I'm just not a big gold guy. Not a big gold guy. You'll look in the Racer X video. Sure, it looks okay. I'm just, I'd rather have it all red and black uh, wheels, and I think that's sexy. All red and black. I like that look a lot. There's nothing that looks as good as a red motorcycle with some black uh, rims on that thing. That, that's pure sex. That's what that is. That's baby-making bike right there. So lots to choose from from a Honda. We're going to break more of this bike down. We're going to give you some baseline settings. Uh, when I get home from Loretta's, I'm going to go to some different tracks. Yes, I'm going to go to some soft tracks, and I'll give you some baseline settings as well as torque settings. Yes, optional torque settings. Some of you guys may be able to feel it. Some of you guys won't, but no hurt in trying. All the haters can hate all they want, but it does make a difference. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Uh, if you have any questions about this bike, keferinktesting.com will have it. Or, again, try my email, and I will help you as much as I can. I'll be in and out of my computer slash email inbox for the next couple weeks until about August 9th. So bear with me if you do not get a response uh, until after the 9th. And I will try my hardest to... Uh, to do that, but I will be busy with the family, and I think Wi-Fi is scarce at Loretta's. But we have heard they have Wi-Fi now that is better since the flood, and I'm going to work on doing a show uh, nightly from the ranch, so hopefully you guys will like that, and uh, we'll have some entertaining guests, hopefully, and uh, some, of course, always entertaining stories coming from the Kiefer's between me, my wife, and my kid. Always something going on. It's never a dull moment, let me tell you. I've been here in Colorado for almost a week and lots of stuff. We could probably have a coffee with the Kiefer's with just the shit that has happened since we've arrived. Holy crap. Uh, but look for that at Loretta's. And hopefully if you are at Loretta's and it is August 1st and you're there and you're listening to this, come by and say hi. We'll be somewhere near Bradshaw Boulevard uh, in a motorhome. So look for the KieferIncTesting.com tent. Or you can look for that at your local track if you're in Southern California or in Colorado. We're here sometimes, too, riding. Um, again, support the advertisers. Support the show. It helps us out. And uh, I guess lastly, I should talk about really quick, too, before we just shut this whole thing down. Uh, the ergonomics of this motorcycle. What else do you want me to say? It's the best ergonomic machine out there. You sit on it. You feel at home. I'm not a huge fan of Renthal Fat Bar Feel. But I like the bend. The 839 bend is a neutral bend. That is a blessing that they left the 971 bend as well as Kawasaki. So Kawasaki and Honda share the same fat bar bend. I like that. Uh, there is some more vibration within that bend. So if you want less of that, go to a Pro Taper Bar Evo. I'm not a crossbar guy with this bike. So what I like on this bike is an SX Race Evo bar, that'll kind of dampen that as well. What else dampens this this bike is a flex bar. Um, you guys are familiar with the Fast Company name, but they have a flex bar that actually has rubber elastomers that uses a shock absorption near the pivot points from 
the ends of the bars to the base in the middle part of the bar. Uh, it actually does work really well. Visually, it's a little bit thick looking, but I just had one of my buddies install a set on his bike, on his Honda, and it's amazing how much vibration goes away. If those bars came stock on the Honda, I would not be bitching about uh, vibration. But again, it's an aftermarket part. This is why the world goes round and the aftermarket uh, is successful because they make better stuff than they can at times that uh, come on production bikes. The production side of thing has to think about cost uh, for the consumer. So they try to get the best stuff on the motorcycle for as little as they can so they can sell the motorcycle for a relatively normal price. And I'm using normal with air quotes because motorcycling has got expensive. But if we put all the good stuff on a production motorcycle, we'd be paying for a $20,000 motorcycle, which I think will happen within the next, I don't know, five years or so. We're just going to be, I think, like a car dealership where we will have some more choices. We are getting more choices now with motorcycles, but I think within a five- to six-year window, we'll be able to customize our own new motorcycles more than we can now. I think the aftermarket and uh, the manufacturer will blend together, and you'll be able to build yourself a motorcycle at some point online and show up to your dealership how you want it within a six- to eight-week window. So I think that time is coming. Once we get through this pandemic and whatever is going on with our economy right now, I honestly think this will be coming around here fairly shortly. So that will be exciting. That will be something that will change the way our sport works, our industry roles, and it will actually help the aftermarket. It will help the manufacturer ease up a little bit on some pricing. So for me, I think it's it's a win-win situation. I think the scary side of things is uh, having the bike. I'm trying to think how to word this here. So when you're a manufacturer, you worry about cost, of course, but then you worry about safety. Safety is huge. Uh, when a manufacturer trusts an aftermarket company, it has to have uh, a long list of safety factors behind it to where it's not going to break. Because liability is huge. Uh, the manufacturer does not want liability if something happens, and especially if there's not something in their part. So when Honda uses a rental product, there's a lot of years within that rental product that is not going to fail. And there's a certain testing process to make sure that it is not going to fail. So once they work that portion out, customizing a motorcycle is going to happen. Mark my words. So... My kid's going to be able to order a bike in his 20s. Um, way, it's going to be way cooler than I ever thought it was going to be when I was 16 years old, man. He's 16 now. By the time I feel like he's 21 or 22, he'll be able to customize a motorcycle how he wants it with suspension, handlebars, pegs, seat, everything that they would like. And then you would roll that into a, a MSRP pricing out the door, and then you'd pick it up at your dealership. Stand by, because that time is coming. So uh, thank you for joining me. And again, email me if you have any questions. Hope to see you guys at the ranch or the track. Be nice to each other. Keep riding. Stay off the couch. Uh, stay active. And uh, keep it on two wheels. Also, keep kids on dirt bikes, people. That's right. It keeps them out of trouble. See you on the next test. <laughs>